0: how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. This is your host, Stacey St. John, and man, oh man, am I excited that you have chosen to spend some time with me today. Now, in this episode, I sit down with real estate broker turned real estate investor, Stacy Duval, And I got to tell you, it's a little interesting having two Stacys in the house, but it was such a fabulous conversation. I cannot wait for you to take a listen. So let's go ahead and dive in. So we are here with Stacy Duvall right here on the podcast, and we have two Stacys in the same room. I mean, I should say podcast studio, but, and you even spell your name the right way. Stacy. thank you so much for being here with us.
1: I am so grateful to be here, Stacy. that spells her name the same way I do. <laughs> How beautiful is that?
0: I know. And you know... I was mentioning to Stacey, it's gonna be weird having the Stacys, Stacy back and forth, but I was mentioning to Stacy that my own grandmother called me Tracy till the day she died. So it's always fun to see another Stacey with her name spelled with an E-Y, because that's also not very common. Exactly. Before we dive into today's discussion, I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're located.
1: I am located in Louisville, Kentucky, not too far from you. And when you say the word Louisville, you have to pretend like you have a mouthful of bourbon. Louisville. Louisville. I have uh, been a real estate agent slash broker for 24 years. I own my own boutique residential real estate brokerage. And stumble into being an investor and short term rental owner. And it has changed my life. And I can't wait to talk to you about, about it even more.
0: I can't wait to hear about it. So let's start from the beginning. You said you stumbled into short term rentals and real estate investing. Talk to us a little bit about how that happened.
1: One of my very first investor clients that I had as an agent was probably 20 years ago. And I helped him purchase a house in an area, a D area of town. And he paid $18,000 for this house. And I remember thinking, how do you buy a house for $19,000? I don't even know. My car is more than that. How does that work? And he finished a couple of hundred square feet in the unfinished attic to make an additional bedroom. And he was cash flowing. I don't even remember how much it was. And my mind was just going... Those are some sexy numbers. Oh, my goodness. So, again, that was 20 years ago. So, fast forward, the uh, my now husband, he and I started dating about seven years ago. And when we met, he was still living in his home that he shared with his ex-wife that is very big and very expensive. And for fun, he put his house on Airbnb for Derby and got $10,000 for Three days. Oh. And he thought,
0: yeah. Let that sink in for a moment. Okay. Let's just pause.
1: Someone is coming.
0: <laughs> someone is coming to Louisville for the Kentucky Derby to drink mint juleps and wears a beautiful hat. And for three days, they spent ten thousand dollars to rent your now husband's house. Exactly. Okay, I would want to be a real estate investor after that. <laughs>
1: So when I met him on our first date, we're talking about real estate because he had actually done some flips and some rehabs. And so we had that in common to talk about. And he told me he got 10 grand for Derby weekend. And I thought, oh, my, I've never thought about renting my own house. That's wild. How did you do that? What all happened? So fast forward a couple of years, he and I are not even engaged yet. And we start flipping houses together. And One of the houses that we flipped, I actually went ahead and stuck the for sale sign in the yard. And then we decided to go to Europe for vacation. He proposed in Europe. We came back. I pulled the sign and we moved into our flip.
0: (laughs) Oh, how things change.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So that's really how I got turned on to the idea of short-term rentals is watching how much money he was making renting his own house. And that's where it all started.
0: Amazing. And so once you made the decision to become an investor yourself, and you know, it's funny, there are so many real estate agents and brokers who obviously help other investors build wealth through this incredible, you know, asset class of short-term rentals and long-term rentals, but they don't invest themselves. So First of all, kudos to you for making that leap into investor world. I want to ask you a little bit about making that transition. What types of things surprised you? Because I know from my perspective, and I'm allowed to say this because I'm a licensed realtor in the state of Ohio, but there are so many realtors that have no clue what investors need, want, or think about in a property. So I'm curious when you decided to make that transition, what was it like? What type of knowledge did you need to gain and how did you go about doing that? So there's a couple of thoughts there. As real estate agents, we are trained
1: to work with consumers, people that are going to live in their house. They are round pegs in a round world. Us investors are square pegs. We're not normal. We we don't conform to anything. We think differently. We think about money differently. We think about wealth differently than most consumers. I can say that because I'm both a broker and an investor. And so what I find is that most agents don't understand investors at all. So once I started representing investors on purchases that the the switch just flipped and i i saw how much wealth my investors were building by being long term investors instead of an agent who has a day job who works and puts in the hours to make money which i still do that cuz i still love being a real estate broker and owning my brokerage but I don't want to have a job forever. I want to eventually enjoy the, the grandkids and relax. So I don't want to have a job forever. So that's how my transition started.
0: Amazing. And what did you do personally to build your muscles, if you will, when it came to learning how to be an investor? So
1: for me, I felt like I was at a bit of a disadvantage making the transition. Because everything I knew about real estate was from the agent side, the consumer side. The only type of financing I understood was conventional, VA, FHA, KHC. That's all my brain knew. So as an investor, when I started learning about short-term money, hard, hard money, commercial loans, It broke my brain. I did not get it. It just took me a lot longer to understand all of those interesting creative ways of financing. It almost felt like I was writing with my left hand instead of my right. It felt that strange. But once I got it, once I understood it, uh, we've built a beautiful portfolio over the last few years.
0: Amazing. So talk to me a little bit about your portfolio. Is it located there in Louisville? (laughs) And um, what are your short-term rentals like? So all
1: of our long-term rentals are located here in Louisville. So we can keep our eyes open, visit them, make sure that we can see it, touch it, feel it when we need to. Our short-term rentals are also all located in Louisville. They are all zoned commercial. So we don't have to deal with any of the red tape of the city and the cup requirements and all that good stuff. And they are all very large in size. So we actually, we go a little bit against
0: the grain. We cater to big parties. Amazing. All right. So let's talk about this. I want to ask you first about the zoned commercial. Were these properties originally zoned commercial or did you have them rezoned after you purchased them?
1: They were all
0: already zoned commercial.
1: They were being used as various businesses. So, we bought them and then just rehab them into a residential space, even though it's zoned commercial.
0: Amazing. And are they single family homes?
1: Yes, and no. Two of the three properties that we own, of the short term rentals, have two separate properties on one plot. So, they could be used as residential, but they are zoned commercial. I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, N- it makes total sense. And I was, I was curious if these were apartment building style where you've got individual units in a multifamily building or if they're single family structures, if you will. I think they
1: all were built as single family because they're all over 100 years old. They're right in the, in the middle of the city. They're in the highlands, which is the cool hippie area of town to be in. And uh, one of the properties, the back house was a garage that we tore down and then rebuilt as a two-story separate property.
0: Wow, now that's cool. And so for you, I'm curious, you know, when you're looking at property and assessing Does this fit within my portfolio? What types of things are important to you uh, as an investor to think about? Is this going to be a good short term rental for me?
1: So, for short term, we have everything that we need in Louisville. Our next step is we're going to go into more resort and vacation areas. We looked in Florida a couple of weeks ago. We're going to San Diego next week. We're looking at other areas of the country now. In terms of short-term rental, the ones that we have in Louisville are all zone commercial. That was very, very important to me because our city has a lot of very challenging steps to get the permit to do a short-term rental in the city of Louisville. And I've seen lots and lots of my other investor friends work for six, eight, nine months to get the permit, and then they deny it. So I just, I don't, I'm not interested in that. So we only own commercial properties. So we can't, the only thing we need from the city is just they're okay on the
0: exterior changes that
1: we're we're making.
0: And so if someone is listening and thinking, oh gosh, that's a great idea. I want to look for properties that are zoned commercial what would you recommend they do to find those properties that are within that, that zoning? I
1: tell my students, always be sure to check the zoning in the area that you're looking to buy because every area is different. Every county, every city, every state has different rules. So before you start really looking at properties, check the zoning. That is one of the most important aspects of determining where you're going to invest. And then the second answer to your question is, consult with a real estate agent or broker who understands commercially zoned properties, who understands investor mindset. That agent that you're going to be working with is going to be extremely valuable to help you acquire those properties.
0: Absolutely. And did you look for properties on places like LoopNet? I consider LoopNet kind of the Zillow of the commercial world. Is that where you source these properties? Or did you just, obviously as a broker, you're going to have access to the MLS, right? But if someone is listening and they don't have access to that, would you recommend they go to a source like LoopNet? This actually is a great segue into how I find my properties. I call
1: every single wholesaler in my market that I know. And I do, I just made up this term, reverse wholesaling. I'm sure it's probably a thing, but I don't know about it. And I tell them what I'm looking for. And I ask, can you go find that for me? Instead of waiting to get their emails or texts or phone calls of, hey, I found this property. I ask them to go find what I want. I want something zoned commercial. I want it in the Highlands. I want it on Bardstown Road or Baxter Avenue, the two main arteries. And I don't care what condition it's in. I can I can rehab anything. And so I actually got all of my deals from wholesalers.
0: That is brilliant. I think we're gonna coin that term. Stacey Duval's reverse wholesaling. But what a great idea. Cause it's so true. Everyone, you know, gets the emails and the text messages. Hey, I've got this property under contract. I'm you know, assigning the contract. But so many people get those messages and throw them away because it's not a property that they're interested in. What a fabulous idea to just flip that on its side and go straight to those wholesalers and say, go find me this. I love that. I this. found that
1: very effective. And then the other thing is there's no
0: competition with it. If
1: the wholesaler emails out their deal of the week to 800 buyers, I'm not interested in 800 offers on that that deal. So by doing this kind of backwards wholesaling, I was able to find all three of my short terminals. So now I'm going to start doing that in the other markets that we're going to look in.
0: What a great idea! Now let's just back up. So the two Stacys right here know what wholesaling is, Stacy. Would you mind just sharing with any listener in case they're thinking, I don't even know what they're talking about right now. What is a wholesaler?
1: So a wholesaler, my my real estate attorney calls them the top of the food chain when it comes to being a real estate investor. They are the boots on the ground. They are typically not licensed and they go out and find distressed sellers. Sellers that have liens on their properties or unpaid taxes. They find them through various court records and online skip tracing, whatever they're called. And they go and negotiate a purchase agreement with that seller. Then in the state of Kentucky, I'm not sure how it is in other states, real estate contracts are assignable here, which means that wholesaler can take that contract, that purchase agreement, Let's say he has it under contract for $100,000. He calls me. He says, Hey, I've got this contract I'm looking to sell, and I'll take $130,000 for it. And if it meets all my needs, I write a contract on that. And then it's an A to B and then a B to C sale.
0: Love that. Love that. I was just going to say, too, you know, it's really important, I, at least in my experience, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. When you're working with wholesalers, you definitely want to make sure that you're working with folks who are above board because, you know, there are wholesalers, unfortunately, that do some things that, what's the best way to say it, are shady, right? And so I love the fact that, again, in this scenario, you're giving the wholesaler exactly what you need, uh, what you're looking for. Do you pre negotiate? your wholesale fee that you're willing to pay? Or do you just take that on a case-by-case basis? We do take it on a case-by-case basis because it depends. There's so many
1: variables and so many different factors. And one of the other things that I do that's kind of different is I don't beat up my wholesalers on their fees. If they bring me a good deal, the numbers work. I love the property. I can handle the rehab. The numbers work. I don't care what they make. I couldn't care less what they make. If it works for me, I'll pay their, their assignment fee. Love that.
0: Love that. Love that. Okay. This is so fun. All right. So I am also curious from your perspective, if someone were listening to us and thinking, okay, this all sounds great. I'm so confused though, because I haven't even gotten started and I'm shaking in my shoes. (laughs) What what would your advice be to any listener who could be afraid to get started with their first short-term rental?
1: Great question. There's a couple of different ways to look at that. Depending on your personality type, most people are going to want to build their team first. Find a really great investment-friendly broker or agent. Find a really great real estate attorney. Uh, Get your LLCs set up. So that's one avenue that you could do. The second avenue, which is my personality, is I just went out and started looking at properties. I just went on AirDNA to see what the typical homes in the area of town I wanted to invest in were bringing so I could calculate the returns and expenses. I I just went out and started looking at properties. And then the other thing I did is I went on Airbnb and VRBO and I looked at other properties in the market I wanted to invest in to see what they were doing, what their pictures looked like, what their furniture looked like, what amenities they provided, and then most importantly, how much they were charging a night. And I guess that's just my broker mentality of running comps for a client, I guess. But that was that was kind of the way I got started in it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting to hear you say that you just Ran out and started looking at properties. I do just want to call out very quickly, though, that, again, you had so much experience in real estate already. I think it's really important if you don't have any experience in real estate, and I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, make a list of what you're looking for. Make a list of your buying criteria. Who are you wanting to target? You know, what areas are you interested in? What type of cash flow are you looking for? That all probably came very easily for you because, again, you're so experienced in the industry. But I'm curious, was there anything as you were putting together your own buying criteria that you weren't quite sure what, what your goals were or what, what you wanted?
1: The way that we determined that we wanted larger party houses is that was a, a niche in my market that had not really been represented. There were lots of one bedrooms, there were lots of two bedrooms, three bedrooms in neighborhoods, quiet neighborhoods. And we thought, well, where's the people that want to come here for the bourbon trail with their bachelors and their bachelorette parties and family reunions? So we saw a void in that niche, which is why we went for the larger commercially zoned properties.
0: Amazing. And I'm curious, again, just from your own experience, you could probably share a few horror stories, but talk to us a little bit about maybe some of the nuances or complexities of hosting large parties.
1: So it is an ongoing learning process, as with everything in life. We we have a lot of things in place to hopefully Not have problems. So, one of the things we did is we sort of tenant proofed the inside, meaning there's nothing glass, there's nothing breakable. We have a lot of leather and chrome and metal and wood floors instead of carpet. We have mattress protectors on every single mattress, a lot of the common sense things. Uh, we've had a couple of windows broken where drunk bachelors fall into the patio door. And we've had a lot of stuff like that. We've had some, um, some vomit to clean up. <laughs> we pay our, we charge them extra. We pay our cleaners extra. It's fine. It all cleans out. But those are some challenges that probably a lot of other short-term rental hosts don't have that have properties in more of a family friendly area. Sure. So
0: yeah, we've got some fun stories. I, I, I. We could probably have a whole podcast about that. So fun. Okay. All right. So I want to move really quickly into the lightning round. And okay. what I'm going to ask you to do is just answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Questions. Question number one Where is your favorite place to vacation? Grand Cayman. Oh, I've never been, but I've heard it's gorgeous.
1: It's gorgeous.
0: Gorgeous. Okay. I can't wait to go. All right. Number two, what's one place you've never been that you want to visit? Ireland.
1: Ooh. Never been to Ireland. And as a matter of fact, my husband and I still have not taken our honeymoon because we got married during COVID. So we are going to Ireland in May.
0: Oh, that's awesome. You're having your honeymoon a couple years later. Fantastic. Okay, what is one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you started out in short-term rentals?
1: Oh, goodness. I wish I had known how much toilet paper people go through. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. We are constantly buying toilet paper
0: for these (laughs) properties.
1: That is hilarious. The amount of consumables we go through is really, really Very high, and it actually kind of uh, takes me back to a story. One of the first vacations that I went on, that I stayed in a short-term rental versus a hotel. They had we were had booked for a week, and they had one trash bag, one dishwasher pod, and one roll of toilet paper in each bathroom. And I messaged the host, and I said, "Where are the extra trash bags? Oh, we don't supply those; you have to go buy them." I said. You're asking me to go buy a box of trash bags and I'm going to be here for a week. So that was, gosh, probably 15 years ago. So now that I own short-term rentals, we have tons of supplies for our guests. If they steal a trash bag, I don't care.
0: If they right. steal a of
1: toilet paper, you need it more than I do. No worries.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm curious. I know this is the lightning round, but I have a follow-up question. Do you have a system you like to use for tracking your inventory of your consumables?
1: We don't. We don't monitor it that closely. All of our houses are pretty big. They're five and six and seven bedrooms and four and five bathrooms. So we just keep everything stocked really well because we don't want our guests to have to call us for anything. Right. We want them to have everything they need. And if they need something, they can reach out to us. But calling us for toilet paper, that no.
0: No, 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 no. Maybe a, a can of Lysol or Lysol wipes for any vomit. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> okay. Back to the lightning round questions. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Ever. I feel like we, we are back on
1: the toilet paper conversation, but the piece of advice was always check for toilet paper before you sit down. i don't know why that came to mind maybe we were just talking about toilet paper i don't
0: know okay so i i i cannot believe i'm gonna say this on a public podcast all right but i'm gonna say it so i might regret this but it's okay
1: you can say it we're all friends here i just got
0: back from a vacation in cancun and (laughs) and we went with another couple and we were coming back into dinner we were I won't bore you with all the details, but we were running through the rain, right, to get back into the restaurant where we were having dinner. We were going to go check like when the bus left to take us back to our resort. Well, I am totally drenched now and I'm like, man, I'm just going to the bathroom. I sit down, I'm drenched with rain. I sit down on the toilet and I realize there's no toilet paper. So I had to call my girlfriend, to come in with the bathroom Can you just come in here really quick and hand me toilet paper from the next stall over? She was a good yeah. friend. She did it. That is a
1: really good friend. Yeah. That's a good
0: friend. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. Now, last lightning round question. What is one thing and or person that you're grateful for today?
1: Oh, gosh. My grandmother.
0: Oh, we Tell talked about, about her, your grandmother a little bit earlier.
1: Uh, my grandmother raised me and she taught me to be really frugal. And she taught me life lessons about how to get along great with other people and to be a great human. And to she taught me absolutely everything.
0: I'm extremely grateful for her. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, before we wrap up, I want to ask you if someone is listening and wants to get plugged in to any real estate in Louisville, Kentucky, and or want to get in touch with you about any other services you offer, where is the best place for them to find you online?
1: I'm very easy to find. My website is StacyDuvallRealEstate.com. That's Stacy with an E-Y. I meant to tell you earlier, an ex-boyfriend from college, his father, the whole time we dated, called me E-Y because <laughs> he, when I met him, he said, how do you spell that? How do you spell your name? And I said E-Y. So for the whole three years I dated him, his dad called
0: me E-Y. Yeah, That's awesome. Super easy to
1: find. StaceyDevallRealEstate.com. And um, yeah, I'm super easy to, to find. And I love, love, love answering questions from other real estate investors
0: on how to get started. So if anybody has any questions, I'm happy to help if I can. Thank you so much, Stacey. I so appreciate you being with us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for this time. This has been great. Okay, sister. Are you ready to start making your short-term rental dreams a reality, but feeling lost, stuck, or just overwhelmed? Here's what I know for sure. You deserve everything you're dreaming of and you deserve to get it with ease, support, and joy. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to StacyStJohn.com slash STR and watch my free masterclass where you will get the scoop on how to leave your W-2 and start building your dream life with five simple steps. If you're ready to have more time to spend with friends and family doing the things you love, adding a ton of zeros to your bank balance and start living your short-term rental dream you need to watch this masterclass head over to stacystjohn.com/strwebinar right now to start watching that's stacystjohn.com/strwebinar and i will see you there